Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Cini. Today, it's the Western Conference Overreaction Show. It's part two of the two-part episode that Bryce and I are recording for while I'm out on vacation. Uh, Again, these are first quarter overreactions to what we've seen from the first 20 to 25 games of the NBA season to this point. We're going to focus on five Western Conference teams in this episode and just dive into an overreactive statement and whether it's true and not an overreaction or whether, you know, we're just fucking out to launch, basically. (laughs) Bryce. About this time that this is happening, I will be sitting on a beach and reading a book and just hanging out. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, the time this is happening, I will still be teaching at school. <laughs> we will not be on Christmas break yet. And I even have a professional development day on Friday of this week before I get to earn my Christmas break. I shouldn't complain as teachers. I shouldn't say this. Teachers are going to be mad at me now. Like We have a pretty good. I got a week for Thanksgiving, Sam. I get two weeks for Christmas. I get the whole freaking summer. And so I'm not going to complain. Yes, I, I deal with kids all day. I love my kids. I, I enjoy thoroughly what I do. And so I'm not going to complain about it. First episode of this, first half of it, Sam, we made a trade for the Celtics. We blew up the Raptors. We got the Pacers a win in a playoff series. And Hallie on, unfortunately, the second team All-NBA tried to trade Jared Allen and talk ourselves into the Knicks going to the conference finals. I can't wait to see what we get into with this one. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried that we probably overstepped and overreacted, but Hey, that's <laughs> what the show is for. Bryce overreaction. Number one, the golden state warriors are cooked and this core featuring Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond green will not win a title again. So I was listening to a pod the other day talk about this. And when they first started talking, I was like, yeah, man, they're, they're cooked. They need to move on. And then they just kept going in on them. And I was like, it, it, it made me go the other way. I was like, you can't talk about the Warriors like this. This is Steph Curry. This is Clay Thompson. No, <laughs> let's run it back with these dudes. Let's trade off all the young guys, which we did. Uh, well, we didn't do it, but we talked about potentially trading those guys in an OD and an OB trade. Um, a, a week ago should also be stated since that recording, which we did when the Draymond Green stuff came out since then, 
Draymond Green has sus- been suspended indefinitely. So when this comes out, he will what uh, will be a week into that suspension, and we'll see. So that just adds a whole nother layer to this, Sam, where the vibes. And I don't always love talking about the vibes whenever I'm sitting in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, trying to talk about the Golden State Warriors and don't really have any clue. But watching them, the vibes don't feel great. The Andrew Wiggins stuff doesn't feel great. The Draymond stuff is even beyond what it normally is with Draymond. Something has to change. I I think they have to pick a path of we're going to go all in on these vets and get something more around them or we're going to sell off on the vets and see if these young guys and Steph Curry can take us to somewhere. It's absolutely right. I think it's fair to say that the vibes seem a little bit off. They're 10 and 13 at the time of this recording. Draymond Green is suspended indefinitely, which is a bad sign for them because Draymond Green is still a very good basketball player. (sighs) There are so many things that I don't have answers on i guess for this team like why is andrew wiggins so bad right now like that that's honestly the biggest question mark for me like for clay thompson like i understand like clay thompson is coming off of multiple serious injuries he's getting older i get it uh draymond green is getting a little bit older you know may feel like he has to up the physicality level in some way shape or form in order to like maintain his level in some way i'm not excusing it i'm just saying that like there is a world where you can make a case for it i guess in steph's case steph is just fucking awesome still uh in the kids case they they've all been great like moody's been really good pods has been really good Etc. Wiggins is the one where like I can't figure out what happened there that like made him stop being an effective basketball player because at the time of this recording he's played 21 games he's playing 27 minutes a night he's averaging 12 points that's a five point per game drop from last season 1.1 assists that's less than half the assists he averaged last season four rebounds He's shooting 62.7% from the foul line, which like last season he shot 61%. So like, we're not going to sit here and say that like, that's an enormous drop. It's actually a little bit of an improvement, but the bigger thing is that he went from shooting 47% from the field down to 41.3%. And it's like, just kind of across the board, like 46% from two point range, 27% from three point range. The defense has not been as good. I, I just like don't know what to do with that because he was somebody that was supposed to like continue to lift them, I felt like, is this core aged. Yeah, I mean, I don't get a lot of things right, but before the season, I thought he was the biggest X factor for this team in terms of I kind of felt like we would see a little bit of a regression from Clay, maybe not even as much as what we have, but I thought he can't take that workload. I thought Wiggins was essentially going to be like the innings eater for the Warriors during the regular season in terms of at his age of 28 years old, he's the guy that could go out, take a huge offensive usage along with being really good defensively. 
not only has he not done the offensive thing, the defense has gotten worse along with the rebounding and everything else. Like it would be one thing if the offense wasn't very good, but he was still rebounding like we saw in that finals run, or he was defending like we saw in that finals run. He's not doing those things either. This, this has really been problematic for this team. When you need someone, really, I feel like he's in the perfect scenario, Sam, to do what this team needed from him, especially in the regular season. And with him not doing it, it's setting them up to be in a really, really bad spot. Even if they do make the playoffs, that they're going to have to go like, they're going to have to do like, it's looking like a Lakers run through the play-in and, you know, the eight seed and all of that stuff to get anywhere. And I don't know that I believe that they're going to be able to do that right now. It's just, it's really weird. I, I Like, I hope he's okay. Like that my first thought is, if it's something in his personal life, which I think we all know, sometimes something in our personal life can affect us professionally. Yeah. I have no inside information. Like I have literally no clue if that's what it is. I'm just like spitballing here. If that's what it is, I hope he's okay. If it's not that, I don't know what the hell happened. Like I, I, I don't know how quickly you fall off this as a basketball player. When you still have other good guys around you, Sam, like we've seen guys get into awful situations and not look good. He's still playing with a 30 point a game, Stephen Curry, and some yeah. young guys that bring energy every night. Like, I just do not understand. Yeah. So, I also just will baseline note like, I have not enjoyed the way Steve Kerr has coached this season. Like, I think that it's been pretty rough. Like, if you look at the on off numbers, like, it's pretty simple. They've played 564 minutes at the time of recording with Andrew Wiggins on the court. Do you know what their net rating is in the minutes with Wiggins? He's been pretty bad. Negative 10. Negative 8.2. They've played 550 minutes with Wiggins off the court. Do you know what their net rating is with Wiggins off the court? Plus 3.5. Plus 8.8. It's it's literally like a like for like, you know, we take Wiggins off the court. Things are like pretty good for us still. it's pretty bonkers. Like looking at the metrics and the numbers on this, like if Steph plays without Wiggins, they're a plus 9.7. If Steph and Dre play without Wiggins, like it's actually drops down to negative 0.85. So like, I don't know what's going on there either. Um, Looks like the offense hasn't been quite as great and the defense hasn't actually been great either in those moments so yeah it's a it's a weird team like it feels like they don't it's weird to say this about a Warriors team it feels like they don't have an identity right now when I watch them and they're only what they are Sam as you outlined and I think we need to give love to these guys because Steph Curry's averaging almost 30 a game on 48, 43, 93 and doing what he does. And then, as you said, I think Kaminga has been okay, a little bit up and down. Moses Moody, yeah. I think, has been good. And Pods has been incredible in the minutes he's got. C- could you imagine if they didn't lean into these young guys or these young guys wouldn't have been? Could you imagine if Pods wasn't ready to come in and do the things he's been doing? Or if Steph... At 35 years old, Sam wasn't still playing at an extremely elite level. They would be bad. And right now they're not exactly good. 
Yeah. yeah. No, they'd be re- if Steph like had experienced any drop off, they would be totally fucked right now, like yeah. completely and utterly fucked. So like when I say that they don't have a identity, like it's clear, like the way they want to play, right. It's clear that like they still want to play with motion and movement and like get Steph off the ball and keep things rolling. Right. And like, they want to be switchable where they can and, uh, you know, have really high Q defensive rotations and like fly around the court. Right. It's almost to me like they don't have a, like the hierarchy feels off right now because Frankly, like Moses Moody and pods this year have been better than Clay Thompson, which is like wild to say, but that's kind of the reality of where the Warriors have been through the first quarter. Who's to say if that will change, like pods could hit a rookie wall and Moses Moody could stop making shots and Clay Thompson could really get his way into the season and everything. Who knows? But through a quarter of the season, like it's been a real problem. And then you throw the Wiggins thing on top of it. And like Kevon Looney has been, I think, I I don't know if Kevon himself has been worse or if it's just merely that like the fit around, like without Wiggins being able to shoot and then without, uh, with Draymond out there who teams don't really guard. Like, I, I don't know if Kevon himself has been drastically worse. It's more that like the fit might not be as great with him with some of the guys out there, but man, it's, it's pretty dire. I think, man, like they, they need to make up where I'm at clearly. And I've said this on the last two podcasts. Now they need to make a move just like truly, but I thought it was worth kind of diving into after the podcast we did last week, about a week ago, where we just said like, they need to make a move. I thought, I thought it was worth diving into like why they need to make a move. Uh, it's clear like that these, there's just a lot going on there that is not working. And now Draymond green is out for God knows how long at this point. Cause you know, we don't know what the inspe- uh, suspension number is. Well, and, and this is no disrespect to Kevon Looney, but what you said is exactly right. When you're asked to fill a bigger role than what you're capable of and what he's quite honestly been asked to do for multiple years now, sometimes you don't look as good, Sam. Like I- I'm big on what you said of, the hierarchy of things. You got to have a number one option and then a number two option, number three option. And while the number three option, maybe you, you don't think about as much, you take the number three option out. Well, the guy that was at number four, that's having to be number three. Now he may not be ready for that. There was probably a reason he was the number four. This team don't have a number two option. The golden state warriors don't have a number two option. I've said this before. I go crazy about how the Pistons didn't have whatever from Cade Cunningham to the next score. The the difference between Steph and Clay is more drastic than that. I believe it's the highest in the league. It's almost 50% from Steph to Clay. And that's why I thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be important because I thought, well, maybe he can be that number two option, at least in the regular season. Obviously, he's not doing it. Clay is still trying to be that. But I watch him and I'm like, Clay, you can't take those shots anymore. That's not your game anymore. But in fairness to Clay, who's going to take him? Who's ready for that role? I, I don't know. Maybe it's time to say Moses Cook. You know, may, Maybe see if he can. Pods Cook. Kaminga Cook. Let's see if you guys can fill those roles of two, three-ish, you know, whatever, and let Clay. I think Clay would be extremely valuable if you let him just – 
some of the easier catch and shoot stuff and, and just kind of lessen his workload. So I don't know. And, and we've talked to trade stuff, so we don't need to dive into that. Yeah. But like it, with clay, like the D like if you have him just no, as a 40% right three point shooter and he's just like spotting up from the corners and stuff, right? Like that's fine. But like, then there's the defense too. And that's, he hasn't been very good on defense this no, year. So how valuable is that? I guess is my thing. I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't have answers for the warriors. They need to make a shakeup trade. I think that in terms of is this an overreaction or not, it's not an overreaction if they don't make a move. Like, it's possible that a Steph Clay Draymond group can still win another title, but it can't be with those guys as the top three in the hierarchy. And it needs to involve them making like a shakeup trade, uh, maybe on the margins involving Chris Paul's deal or, you know, finding a taker for Andrew Wiggins somehow. Or it involves them moving one of those three. Um, but they, they need to make a real shakeup move, I think, at a certain point here. With you. I agree. Okay, let's take a quick commercial break, and we will be back to get into more. Okay, overreaction number two, the Minnesota Timberwolves are the best team in the NBA. As of the time of this recording, this is not an overreaction. This is just like kind of a factual statement. They are 17 and five. That is the best record in the league. A few numbers worth noting here. They're currently fourth in net rating at plus 6.9. That is a great number. 18th in offensive rating, first in defensive rating. They are 26th in terms of strength of schedule that they have played. Having said that, they have beaten that schedule by a level commensurate with what would be expected. It's going to be interesting coming up here because they have a little run right around like the time that this podcast is, you know, coming out, you know, a little bit after or a little bit before this run starts Miami heat, Philadelphia 76ers, Los Angeles Lakers, Sacramento Kings, Oklahoma City Thunder, Dallas Mavericks, Los Angeles Lakers, New York Knicks, New Orleans Pelicans, Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavericks, Orlando Magic, Boston Celtics. Uh, that that is a that is, that is a monster run that is forthcoming for this team. I think we're going to know everything we need to know about the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, by the end of that run, but. That run has not happened yet. So Bryce, is this an overreaction that the Timberwolves are the best team in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an overreaction. With that said, this team is way better than I thought they were going to be. You know, like, uh, I I like them. They really defend. Gobert has been awesome. Anthony Edwards is a superstar. Jaden McDaniels has missed a lot of games already this year. Sam and so they've they've done this with with Jaden McDaniels only having played 12 games up to this point. Mike Conley is just this stabilizing force at the point guard position. We've talked about this between him with the Timberwolves, Fred Van Vliet with the Rockets, just how important that is and how impactful having somebody like that is. I mean, I think the Nuggets are still better than them. I think the Boston Celtics are still better than them. But 
I'm definitely more of a believer than I was two months ago before the season started. I mean, I think we had the conversation of, you know, are they going to lock in this core? Do they end up having to move Carl Anthony Towns on, on a different overreaction? So we, we've almost flipped the other way. And that speaks to them. Like, credit to them, Chris Finch, and everything they've done in terms of how good they are. Because they at least deserve to be talked about as one of the best teams in the NBA. And I think that's ultimately the point of this conversation. I think that's right. I think they are one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, if you look at the teams that they have lost to so far, it is like a weird mix. Like they lost the opener to the Raptors and they lost on the road to the Hawks. Then they ripped off a bunch in a row and then lost on the road to the Suns. They've lost to the Kings and they lost to the Pelicans. All due respect to the Sacramento Kings. And all due respect to the Phoenix Suns, but the Suns, you know, in that game that they lost, that was like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker without Bradley Beal. Uh, not, Not like an elite team in their group of losses, but they've also like beaten the Celtics. They have beaten the heat. They've won back-to-back games against golden state on the road. And like, we can talk about the efficacy of those wins. Uh, they have beaten the Oklahoma city thunder. Like they, they have beaten good teams. They've beaten the 76ers as well. Like their wins aren't amazing, but they're pretty good. Like they, they have a good, strong track record of victories right now. It's hard for me to say that they are not like a great team. Now, like, I think they have holes that they need to fill. Like they need to find a backup point guard. Uh, They probably need like a combo breaker as like another wing that they can consistently play um, if they need to go smaller against the team. But like, it's going to be hard for them to go small. This is just an awesome team. Like they, they are truly an awesome team. And, I know that like Rudy Gobert is getting a lot of the flowers for the defensive side of the court deserved. Obviously Anthony Edwards is getting a lot of flowers as a potential all NBA player deserved. I do want to call out like Carl towns uh, as of the time of this recording, which I feel like we have to say for all of these shows (laughs) in his last 16 games, Carl towns is averaging 23 and a half points shooting 56% from the field, 51% from three and 90% from the line, uh, nine rebounds, three assists, like has been unreal offensively for the Minnesota Timberwolves over the course of this run has been absolutely amazing. And I, I think like deserves so much more credit than what he's gotten, uh, for the wolves recently. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought up cat because he, he deserves that. And he's been very good. I do want to talk about Anthony Edwards real quick because on yeah. the first half of this, I told you that one reason I didn't buy the Knicks making the conference finals was what I didn't think they would ever have the best player in a series. Now the nuggets have Jokic and the Clippers have guys and the Suns have guys and all that. I get it. Anthony Edwards could be the best player for a series though, or through a playoff stretch. And that's why I think this, if this works where they really make a playoff run, I I think it has to be Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has to be all NBA elite player. 
I can go toe to toe with Kevin Durant with, I mean, nobody can go toe to toe with Jokic. Like that's, but you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what yeah, gets them yeah. there. I don't know if I believe it. I don't know that I'm buying that yet, but that's what it would take. I think I agree. And I think he's capable of a big leap. Like we've seen him in the playoffs now. He looked up to the moment, like in a big, big way in the playoffs. Like he was fantastic in those games against Memphis in 2022. And against Denver last year, like, man, he took it to Jokic. Now, like, it didn't matter. But, like, he averaged 31.6 points on 48, 35, 85. Had five assists versus only 1.6 turnovers. Like, he was great in that Denver series. And he was fantastic in that series against Memphis, too. Like, you go back, that second year, Ant. 25, four and three on 45, 40, 82. Like, I think he just steps up to the moment, man. And and I think he can be like him, him being a one in the playoffs. I'm like, not as worried about, to be honest. Yeah. Like, and this was, I'm not necessarily worried. I'm just saying that they have to have that. Like, you know, what would be awesome. You know what? And it wouldn't happen because they're the two best teams in the Western conference. I would love to see him and SGA go at it in a seven game series, Minnesota versus the thunder. And just like ants already kind of had his coming out party. SGA's about to have, like has had it throughout the regular season. And now we're going to get it in the playoffs. Like, I just think that would be fascinating to see those guys step up in that moment with the really good teams around them as well. I, I didn't mean to turn this into like a playoff thing and all of that. It's just, as I think about where this team, Minnesota Timberwolves team could go, I just always go back to Ant. I think McDaniels can really guard. I think Conley's a good player. Gobert defensively, Cat, all that. Yep. To me, the ceiling razor is how elite can Anthony Edwards be specifically in the playoffs? Yeah. No, you're right. This is a this is a great team. Like a truly awesome team. And by the way, like another guy that I want to kind of shout out very quickly is Nikhil Alexander Walker. Sure. I think he's been quite good this year. Like when I've watched them play, I've been like, oh, like he's really guarding now. Like he yep. has been super, super effective. Uh, like I, I've, as somebody that like did not like him defensively at all coming into the NBA, he's, he's been quite good defensively, I think, like throughout a big portion of this season. Uh, and he's only averaging like, like seven points per game. And, you know, it, it's limited in terms of what he can do. But, when I've watched him, I've just been like, yeah, like this, this dude's like playing a real critical role on a really good team. And they just have like a lot of random guys like that. Like Kyle Anderson still moves the ball super well. Uh, Nas Reed is a guy we haven't talked about at all, yeah. but like he's a real mismatch nightmare at the center position uh, offensively. Like he he could be like a, I, I don't know about you, but I think he could be like a 20 point per game scorer if you put him somewhere else. Yeah, I truly do. Yeah, it's, it's almost too bad. Like I, I don't, mean to take this anything away from the wolves but it's almost too bad he's on the wolves or he's playing behind those two guys all the time because you put him on a team where he gets the minutes and the usage and whatever role that is whether it's like the third option on the team maybe even like a second option on like a like i bet he would cook as the second option on a team that maybe wasn't as good and so like i i really like 
Nas Reed. Yeah, they, they have these guys that seem to be giving them quality. I had it in my notes from the Wolves-Thunder game. I thought Nikhil, like SGA is insane. He's incredible. Nobody slows him down. Nobody stops him. But I thought he he played really well defensively in that game. He did some good things um, guarding his cousin, SGA, in that game. Yeah, no. Uh, really, really fun team. They, they have been tremendous. I don't know if I would say that they are better than like Boston right now. Uh, like I think that I would take Boston over them, but you know, I, I think it's a, re- if you have an opinion that they're the best team in the league, I won't fight you on it. Whether or not it ends that way, we'll see, but they're, they're a great team and I've loved watching them play this year. Uh, not no, to me, not an overreaction to call them the best team in the NBA, but probably not something I necessarily agree with. I yeah. Especially if you're I'm just saying right now, right? Like if we're saying through yeah. 22 games or whatever, if you're saying they've been the best team through 22 games, that's definitely something I think somebody could make a case for. Overreaction number three, the Los Angeles Clippers finish ahead of the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference regular season standings. This I'm, I'm going to let you take this one. This one feels interesting to me. The Clippers have been great since they acquired James Harden and things kind of ironed out a little bit. Yep. Both of these teams, as of the time of recording are currently 13 and 10. (laughs) It's kind of a great topic of conversation. I I, I do love it. Uh, Give me, give me your take on this. Yeah. Like, I don't know where, if it's an overreaction or what people are going to think. I think it's just a fun thing to talk about and crazily. And I don't love this. Like my gut is telling me like, what the hell are you talking about? I think I buy it. And, and I didn't, I didn't think I would. I want to do something here. I think this will be fun. How would you rank the six stars between the two teams, Sam? Who's the best player between the two teams? Full, let's just say every, cause I'm going to ask a health question in a second. Okay. So no. I, I do, I do not want you to consider any health whatsoever. Okay. So. Obviously, Katie, Booker, Beal, PG, Kawhi, Harden. Who's the best player of the six? This is this is a sick question. It's a you, sick you're one. a you're a fucking sick human being. Should we start the other way? Does the other way make it easier? If we start at I six, I think it does. Yeah, okay, let's start at six. Beal and Harden agreed. Six five. Beal at six, Harden at five. Yeah, I would have Beal at six. Okay. Now it's it's so hard, it's so difficult, especially if you take injuries out of it. If you're removing injuries, remove injuries because I'm going to ask it, that like, separately in a second. And get rid this of is like if we're playing pickup and I need. To pick like teams, right? That's your idea here. Sure, that's fine. This is. I think Paul George is four. Oh, cuts me. And I love Paul. I think people it's, will understand that. Like, it's a sicko question. I love it. Again, I, I have been like Paul George's biggest fan for a long, long time. He's so on good. this show. <sighs> think 
oh this is this is so gross like here's what I, I'm like Ke- gonna... kevin durant this season is averaging 31 points on 50 50 90 right and now. devin booker is getting buckets and creating essentially playing point guard i think it's can Kawhi I tell you? three, Booker two, KD one. And I say that as somebody that thought for the last 50 games of last season, Kawhi was like a top five player in the league. Yeah. It's, I think he's been like a little bit worse this season. He hasn't been much worse is the thing. And I absolutely like request the right to say, <laughs> Like absolutely not. This is this is wrong. Have you seen what Kawhi has done like the last eight games uh, prior to this recording? Yeah, he's awesome. Twenty nine six and four on fifty eight fifty four ninety three. Kawhi has been like un. He hasn't just been good. He has been unstoppable. And like, I think I would go actually. I think I would go Devin, then Kawhi, then Kate. Gosh, dang it. I so do. I didn't want you to alter what you did initially is what I wanted. I, 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 because it's like, are Devin Booker and Kevin Durant actually the two best players of the six? I think Harden and Bill at five and six, no matter which way you want to do it, is, is going to be pretty much everybody's answer. Yeah. It's really the other four. It's crazy to think PG 13 is four. And, and I'm not like critiquing that. I I have a hard time with PG-13 because I, he's so aesthetically pleasing to watch. I have a really hard yeah. time n- like reconciling that. It's probably right. He's really good defensively, though, as well. I was kind of hoping you would go the two Suns and the two Clippers just because it's like just for the sake of the conversation. Do you want me to ask you the next one or do you, ha- do you have more thoughts on, on the ranking there? Ask me the next one. Which team has bigger injury concerns if between amongst their top three? The fact you have to think about this at all is no, amazing. No, I don't. I don't. It's it's the Suns. The, the fact the that reason, it's the Sun is crazy though. Coming into but the, the year, but the reason the reason it's the Suns is because they have way less depth. Okay, well, hold on. Don't answer the next question yet, Sam. Okay, read the outline. No, don't read the outline because then I can surprise you. <laughs> yeah, like I, I know the topics. I don't know what you have written in the outline. Well, it's 30 pages, so there's no way you were going to read all of this one. Okay, don't you think that's a little bit – okay, the depth thing. But in general, aren't you a little bit more worried about – even if it's just Bradley Bill? Like the fact that these Clippers guys have all played so many games is insane. There's no way this was the answer before the season. There's no way the bigger injury concern, if you took out other contexts, would you still say the Suns or would you say the Clippers then? If I said, don't think about supporting cast or anything else, just legitimately, you're going to play a three-on-three game and you're worried about the injury concerns of one or the other, would it still be the Suns? Or would that shift it to the Clippers if you take out other context? Probably shifts it to the Clippers. The fact it's a conversation, I think, is still crazy. I mean, Booker has missed games already. We talked about this on the last episode that, you know, his all-NBA situation is already a little bit worrisome because of the games he's missed, 
Bills only played like four or five games. I don't know how many have those guys played. They couldn't have played more than like one or two between the trio. As of, of the them. time of recording, I believe they've played two games together. There you go. And, and the Clippers have played 22 and 22 out of 22 games for Paul and Kawhi. And Harden has 17. And we know why he's only played 17. That's yeah. crazy to me. It, it was crazy to me that it was even a thought. And then my final one, who has the better supporting cast, but you've already answered this. No, it's definitely the Clippers. Like, it's not even a question. The Clippers have a better supporting cast. Uh, man, it, the thing with the thing with the Clippers is that the Kawhi and Paul George combination has always been elite. Like, if you look at the numbers, they obliterate teams. They absolutely demolish teams when those two guys play together. The problem has just been getting them to play together. Yep. Like if you get them on the court, they are unbelievable. Like if you look the last four years of these two guys together, right? Cause that's since they've been together, they played for the Clippers for, or I guess they played for the Clippers for five years going back to 2019. Wow. Even it's crazy to think about that. It is. Um, so you go back and you look at these guys playing together. So Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. In the minutes they have played together, as it loads on play-by-play stats, <laughs> they've played 3,500 minutes together, which for five seasons, it's like 700 minutes a season. Way too low and like very disappointing that we've only gotten this few minutes of them. How badly do you think they beat teams when they play together? This is just a, the two-man lineup of Kawhi and the PG. two-man lineup of uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Um, plus twelve. They are plus twelve point eight together. They score one hundred and twenty-one point seven points per hundred possessions. That's like elite by now standards. Let alone if you go back, we're going back five years yeah. with this data, and they still score one hundred and twenty-one point seven. And give up 108.9. Like they, they they are unbelievably good. They, they are they have been astronomically good together since they've been together. Sam, now, like, if, oh, good. What is what does that mean moving forward? Like, you know, now you have James Harden, you have Kawhi, and you have Paul George. Do you know what their net rating together is? Paul Kawhi. Harden, Kawhi, and George, no Russ. Yeah. No Russ. I'll st- plus twelve. I can I can remove Russ from the numbers as well, if you would like. Uh the Harden, Kawhi, Paul George lineups without Russell Westbrook are a plus fourteen. Yeah. So far. If you go with the Terrence Mann uh and like Avita Zubots lineups with those guys. The numbers are even better. Like they are ridiculously good in those minutes. Like it's as I pull it up, those lineups are plus 14 and a half per hundred possessions. They, they have been phenomenally good together. And they, to say that like this team is better than the Suns, I think it's completely reasonable. Uh, and I think it's worth discussing like what James Harden has done. Like, what have you thought of Harden since he's been in the cl- been with LA? Because I did not like it when it was with Russ, but since they have moved Russ out of yep. the lineup, 
I mean, it's it's just been like perfect. I think. Yeah, it, it's it's been really good. I think the the scary thing was this: they didn't find the chemistry, right? The other scary thing, in the positive way, is what if they do find the chemistry? What if it does work? What if Terrence Mann is the connector? And I, I kind of like what Zubats does. And I feel like they try to get him involved early. Like they understand, hey, let's get him some touches. Like I feel like sometimes they even run the first play of the game to him. Let's let him feel involved and engaged. And then he'll do all the other stuff. Russ brings this in crazy energy off the bench. They had a possession in one of the recent games I watched. PG draws two, kicks it to Man. Man takes one dribble. Russ is actually on the floor in this situation. He cuts off ball, catches in the middle of the lane, kicks weak side to Kawhi. Kawhi shot fake, one gather dribble, three-point make. The ball didn't stick. They attacked advantage. It was beautiful basketball. For me, it was always about them. They were going to be able to break down defenses, Sam. Did they then hold the ball just to play one-on-one after they had broke down the defense? And that possession, to me, highlighted We're going to break down the defense and then we're going to take what we created out of that. And if they can continue to do those things, they could be really good. I think man in the starting lineup really fits, really makes sense. Shout out to you because when we had this conversation, you're like, no, they shouldn't include Terrence Mann. I was like, is Terrence Mann actually that good? I was kind of early on the podcast. I'm like, well, I'm not going to call Sam out or he's going to fire me and I'm going to go talk on some (laughs) other podcast. And so I kind of just went with it. But in the back of my head, I'm going, are we sure Terrence Mann is this important? And he really fits nicely with that starting lineup. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's helpful from a fit perspective is the big key. And then like, they still have dudes like Norman Powell who can come in yes, and like yes. buckets off the bench. Like Daniel Tice, I, I think. Daniel Tice, who's like valuable for them. I think like, I still think they could use like one more big to be honest. Cause like, I don't know if Mason Plumlee is doing it anymore and Daniel Tice, like you just never know like what that's going to look like for him as he goes through a full season. But man, like they they have they have some real potential here, I think. Like this team is rolling. I wouldn't want to do much more than just like a couple of like shakeup moves like here and there if I was them. I think if you're the Suns, like you need to go out and A, find what you have with Bradley Beal and with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker together. I think I would say I trust the Clippers more just because we've seen it now. Whereas like we're still working through seeing it with the Suns. It seems like the Suns are still pulling at straws. And I don't mean that. Like, I think when you say pulling straws, like you're just guessing, I don't know that they're guessing. They're just trying to figure it out. Like, is it Yuta? Is it Okoji? Is it Jordan Good? Like, who is it that they're going to use in these situations? Some of those guys have played well and then not played well and they've made shots and then they haven't made shots, you know, in the Sierra little, I I think Grayson Allen is the one main mainstay, I mean, I feel like him and then, you know, you have the center minutes between Nurkic and Eubanks. And then after that, it's who are the other guys going to be? And yeah, to me, it's like, what can you package and finagle together to go get a guy that you really believe in that gets you to an eight, nine man rotation? If you don't believe any of those guys we've talked about are actually going to do it, which based on kind of how the rotation is gone and moving it around doesn't seem like they necessarily have any that they would pinpoint. Like that's kind of my vibes, not watching them night in and night out, but catching games here and there is kind of how I feel. Maybe I'm off there. So it seems like they need to find, they either need to find a couple guys. They really believe. Cause here's the thing. They got to start building the chemistry at some point. We've seen this happen where 
teams weren't able to find the chemistry. So it's not just the core three. It's also these other guys that eventually you have to find, hey, these are our nine dudes and we're going to rock with them moving forward for 30 or 40 games. And we're a little ways from there, but eventually you got to get there. Yeah, and Beal's actually played four games with them. Uh, I'm recognized. Okay. Or no, 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 no. He's only played one with them. That's right. He's only they've only played one together. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah they've only played one together. Um, I forgot that Beal played those three earlier in the season. Um, yeah, no, like this is a this is a good team. They're a really really good basketball team. Yep. And I think the Clippers are just slightly better right now, uh, and I think I would trust them more. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I said, I I wouldn't have expected to answer it that way. That's why I thought it would be fun and interesting um, along with the pretzel I put you in with uh, ranking the top six. You put me in a very significant pretzel. And to reiterate, I think the answer is pass. (laughs) No, I think Uh, the answer, man, like if you caught me on the right day, I would say Kawhi at one, like truly. I don't if always Kawhi do this. Is 100% right. I think he is still like the dude, like one of the true dudes in the league. I, I don't ask for this very often, but if you are on Twitter listening to this, I would love, like, if you don't want to put it out there, send me a DM at Motor City Hoops. I, I genuinely am just curious what people's thoughts are. So I don't care if you're a casual fan, if you're some big namer listening to the, the game theory, you can put in the YouTube comments as well. I, I check those. I know Sam does. I genuinely am interested to know what people would think um, with their ranking. So I would love to hear from you guys. Such a gross question. I love uh, it. I'm so proud of myself. Question number four, or overreaction number four. The Oklahoma City Thunder will make the conference finals. The Oklahoma City Thunder are currently 15 and 7 as we speak. They are, like everyone talks about the Pacers, everyone talks about some of these other teams in the league. The Thunder remain my favorite team to watch in the league. Sixth in offense, sixth in defense. Uh, They've been utterly elite across the board this season. Jalen Williams' late rookie season leap has been... Completely backed up at this point. He's averaging 18 points on 52, 39, 88 percentages while also adding four rebounds and four assists. Chet Holmgren has been phenomenal as a rookie and is the clear rookie of the year pick right now. Cason uh, Wallace has been a great rookie as well that I think would deserve consideration for first team all rookie if the season was to end right now. Isaiah Joe has really stepped up into being not just a good floor spacer, but an elite floor spacer league wide. This team's just awesome. They're just a really good basketball team. Like they are deep. They are tough. They defend. And they have Shea Gilgis Alexander. Who's awesome. And Shea Gilgis Alexander has been, if you wanted to make a case to me that Shea has been the best player in the league, I would hear it out. I still would go Jokic, but like I would listen to you if you said Shea has been the best player in the league this year. He's incredible. They are third, what, six in offensive rating, six in defensive rating. The metrics are good. Let's do it. Would you take them or the Timberwolves in the playoffs? So I watched them play earlier this year, and it was pretty striking to me how much Gobert like kind of threw around Chet a little bit. Yep. And like was super physical with him. I think my answer is 
I would take the Thunder because I think Chet would figure it out. That was an interesting game because they put Gobert on Chet and then they quote unquote hid Cat on Lou Dort in in that yeah. matchup. I think that could be interesting for the Thunder in terms of Dort and Giddy in a playoff series. And do teams just go, you guys shoot as much as you want as long oh, as they, it's they, not- they absolutely will do that. Like teams and, and, in the I think Oklahoma City has to make one move this year. Yeah. Like I, I know I, they don't like to trade their picks. I think they need to make one move. You're about to say Isaiah Joe. I think Isaiah I Joe can play in a lot of those moments, but I think they actually need one more guy that like is a counter to that. I agree. And that's what like, I think Isaiah, Joe, I, I love Isaiah Joe so much. He, he is, I think I tweeted out that I think he may be one of my favorite players in the NBA. And to, to go back to something I've, I've referenced the last couple episodes, SGA very well could be the best player in a lot of these series. Dallas, yep. OKC over Dallas in the playoffs. Yes, over Dallas. Yes. Okay. Not the Nuggets, right? I, I, I don't think you would. You could say that right now. No, I would not take them over the Nuggets. No. The Kings. Yes. Okay. The Lakers. You. Close. Uh, same tier. Like seven game series, super close. Okay. And then the Clippers and the Suns. I assume a lot of these teams are going to fall in that same category. Or do you think those teams are better than the Lakers? Same, same tier for sure. Uh, I would. I, I think the Clippers cause the Thunder some pretty real problems with both Paul George and Kawhi, I will say. Okay, we, we can stop there. Essentially, it's the Nuggets, and then based off those answers, you have the Thunder in the same tier as multiple other teams, which means... Yeah, this, like, this, I, I think that there are five teams in that tier. I think it's... I have the Nuggets at the top, and then I have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, and the Suns. Yeah, I think that's... That sounds right to me. And so what it comes down to then is matchups. You know, yeah. Do they get the Clippers first round, which is possible? Right, I mean that yeah, right totally. now. If this if the season ended today, that could be Oklahoma City at the two, Clippers win their play-in game against the Suns, and that's the seven yep. seed. And they get that's the what's Clippers. insane about this, by the way. Like completely fucking bonkers about this. We could have a play-in series of the Kings, the Mavericks, the Warriors, and like the Pelicans or something like that. And those are four really good basketball teams, like really, really good basketball teams. Yep. I think it's an overreaction only be not because I don't believe in their talent and how good they are. And especially if they do make a move, I think I also believe a little bit in you have to get there and lose before you really break through. I think a run all the way to the Western conference finals the first time would be pretty, I mean, it'd be so impressive I just don't think it's something I'd be willing to bet on right now. If they had made like, let's say the play in and got out of the play in and had a six game loss in round one last year and we're coming back this year, I think I would buy it a little bit more. I just kind of believe that. And as I'm still rounding out my philosophies in general with NBA team building and NBA success and NBA draft, maybe I'll prove to be you know wrong. Like maybe I'll be wrong there. It's just one that I kind of lean into right now. 
And I hope they prove me wrong because you're right. They're incredible to watch. They're so much fun. And even if they lost in like the semifinals, Sam, that'd be a huge success. Like nobody should scoff at that. So, so, so here's, here's my question to you now. Okay. If the Thunder went out and got OG Ananobi. Yes. What does that change? Let's go through your cycle again here. Do they beat the Lakers in the playoffs? Gosh, dang it. I can't bet against LeBron and AD. Um, Yes, maybe. Do they beat the Clippers? Not healthy, no. I think they do because they now have that body that that they need to throw at Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, That's the thing they're missing. To me, like you have Jalen Williams, right? Like Jalen Williams is a dude. And Jalen Williams can really defend and he's long and athletic and like is real defensive, like on ball presence. I think they need one more body to be able to throw at these guys so that Jalen isn't taking on too much of it. And it's Uh, the same thing against the Suns, right? Like you need another guy to throw it at at those guys. Yeah. And like you could say like, yeah, like Shea can do that too. And Shea has been incredible defensively this year too, but you don't want him to have to do it. Like if you can roll out Shea, Dort, Ananobi, Jalen Williams, Chet, that's a ridiculous lineup. That is an obscene lineup. And then if you want to go all offense, you throw in Isaiah Joe for Ananobi. I don't know how you stop that team then. Well, Joe for Dort in that situation, right? Joe for Dort. I'm sorry, not Joe for Ananobi. I said Ananobi. Joe for Dort in that situation. So then you're running out Shea, Joe, Ananobi, Williams, Chet. That's five shooters. That's real like secondary creation. That's the best driving threat in the league surrounded by five, like four shooters. Uh, what do you do? I, I'm sitting here looking at their ages and looking. This at is, this is why, this is why when you start to run through the teams, I actually think that they should really consider the Ananobi thing. So this is why it's hard. I was like, how can I say that these 20 year olds are going to beat LeBron and AD? When they just made a run to the conference finals. But then I look at the roster, I'm like, they're, they're starting D'Lo and Torian Prince and Cam Reddish. The Lakers are. Yeah. And that's how I justify it. I don't think I can do that with the Clippers and the Suns, though. Like, there's just, I don't know, man. Gosh, Here's the thing it. your rule is like, does the team have the best player in the series? There's a very real chance Shea is the best player in all of those series. So, except for the Nuggets. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at. Like, I believe in SGA a thousand percent. I want to see playoff SGA. Is that fair? Like, is it fair that I, to say that I haven't seen it yet? Let me see it for a series. But I, I, like, I will say this he looked like a fucking killer this summer with Canada. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like, there's every reason to buy into it. And it's not like SGA is 20, right? SGA is 25. He's had yeah. some years in the NBA. So I still, my gut says to still feel like, Hey, not this year, next year. That's what my gut tells me. And, and so I feel like yeah. I have to, I, I feel like I have to stick to that. I don't want any Thunder fans to take that as like shade or hate or whatever. Look, it would depend on what it would cost, but like if they go and get, I'm, I'm saying like, if they go get Ananobi, like it is a difference for them. 
No, you're right. That, that that'd be crazy. It it like changes their trajectory in a big way. I think. Yep. Uh, at least for this season, like you never know. Like he might not want to stay in Oklahoma City. He's from Missouri, so like I don't know. Like maybe he'd be good with it. But you know, Ananobi is so quiet and like we don't know anything about him really like even the people in toronto that cover him like feel like they don't know a lot about him so it's it's hard to know what he wants like but they're a team that can give up a few picks for him and say hey like it's fine for us we're good they have the expiring salary in the davis bertons deal that they can just throw at him and then they have like real like they've real thing like they real things that they can do here it's it's pretty impressive it's exciting it's an incredible roster build construction talent with assets yeah. to boot it's it's impressive yeah. it's so impressive yeah like if i was that team like i would want to go make a move yep like to help them out a little bit okay final question here final overreaction the Spurs have done wrong by Victor Wembenyama this season. This was all you. I've talked enough about the Jeremy Sohan thing. I don't need to do it anymore. Uh, this was this was a Bryce Simon overreaction. So uh, while I don't disagree with it, I want to give Bryce the floor to start this conversation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was the one that led the, hey, I don't necessarily agree with these, but I think that these would be fun to talk about. And I'll be honest, like I may have seen this somewhere and it just like stuck in my head. I don't think that this is accurate. I don't think they have. But the Jeremy Sohan thing hasn't been great. And the Spurs owe the Pistons something for keeping the limelight off of them for their (laughs) record and losing streak because the Pistons... I believe it hit 21 at time of recording have just taken all of that. And the Spurs are currently losing. So I think they're about to get to 15 or 16 themselves in a row. Now, the reason I don't say that is, or the reason I say that this isn't true, that I don't believe this is because they have allowed Wimby to explore the studio space. As I've said it on previous episodes, he leads the team in field goal attempts, even though he's at 43%. He's getting five threes a, t- a game, even though he's only shooting 25%. And so, and he's playing over 30 minutes a night. Now, this team is 30th in offensive rating, 29th in three point percentage, 30th in free throw attempts. So it's not like there's all sorts of stuff around him, but as long as it starts to improve going into next season, I, I think this is absolutely an overreaction and not something I believe, but I thought it was at least fun to discuss in terms of, do we feel like they put him in a good position offensively, defensively, those things. So it's funny. If you look like in their last, I think it's like 10 games or so per NBA.com. He's like contested the third most shots at the rim. Uh, among like all players in the league, whereas previously, like he was outside of the top 50 because they were using him in that like roaming role yeah, yeah. on defense a lot. Um, I think there's like a real case that it hasn't. Look, I think they have not used him properly to this point. Like, I, I will just say that. Like, I, I think that it has not been 
a situation where he has been used to his fullest potential. I don't think they've done like wrong by him. This team sure. was never going to yeah. compete this year. Like they were they're you know, it's, it's a bad basketball team, right? Uh, Devin Vassell missed some time. Like they, they've dealt with a few different things. They've dealt with a total lack of point guard play. There, there's just been a lot that hasn't been there. Right. And Oh, by the way, we can talk a lot about like the usage defensively of Wembenyama. A big problem for the Spurs still remains, in my opinion, that like Kelton Johnson and Devin Vassell seem to not be taking on like real, like they, they are not good defenders. Let's go with, let's just say that they have not been good defenders to this point and they need to be like, the, the, if those are the two guys you're going to build around, like you need those guys to be able to be impactful and effective on the defensive end of the court. Vassell this year has been like a little bit better than what I've seen from him previously. I thought last year he was like really bad, but I also think that like, when you look at some of the like advanced numbers for Vassell on defense, they are including a lot of the like on off data following like the Wemby move basically to having him more around the basket, which is where he is really good. And, can be great in terms of being able to be a defensive player, shutting down the paint and everything. So like when I watch Vassell, I'm like, yeah, he's gotten better defensively for sure. There's been like real improvement, but like Kelton Johnson, like still isn't still isn't there defensively in my opinion. Uh, Like Jeremy Sohan, like it feels like he is like lost at sea a lot of the time to be frank. Like when I watch him now, and I really loved the way he closed the end of the season, like talk about like the difference between him yeah. and, uh, him and Jalen Williams with Oklahoma city. We've been recording for like four hours now, which is why my brain is like starting to uh, fall apart. But like the difference between the way that those two closed was like not drastic over the course of their last 20 games. Jalen was better for sure. Uh, and Jalen was great for 50 games, not just 20, but like Jeremy averaged like 14, seven and like three or four assists per game in that little run. And then you look at like what, you know, Jeremy or what uh, he's doing now. And it's just like not even close. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, it's not there. So I, I, like his finishing is like off because he's having to self-create way more. Like he's, he's got, it just feels like he has too much on his plate, like in terms of like, trying to learn how to play point guard and he's not a point guard. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I've been in like, it's, it almost seems like it's impacting him defensively too. Cause like I liked him defensively last year quite a bit and yeah, he takes on like a lot of tough assignments for them right now, but um, I don't know, man, it, it's been disappointing. I would say. What, what uh, would like, you throughout... like to go ahead? Sorry. No, I was done. Like, go ahead. What would you like to see them prioritize? We, we've talked the point guard stuff. You know, I, I yeah. brought up the three point percentage. McDermott obviously is shooting lights out, but then you go through the rest of the roster. Like, I think the next bet, legitimately, the next best three point shooter at time of recording is actually Jeremy Sohan at 37%. Now, Vassell is at 37%, just a tick below on way higher volume. Is it a point guard? Is it 
floor spacing? Is it some defenders to where like Wimby can really be and they can be elite defensively? What, what do you think? I don't think you can do all of it. You can't go out and get a stabilizing point guard. It, it's, floor a, it's, a, it's a point guard. I, I would like to see them go get a point guard so that they have 48 minutes of good point guard play. I yeah. think like that would be valuable. It would like kind of bring it all together in a way that I think makes sense for them. Yep. And then you get Wimby to his spots where he's comfortable and and you really find out what he can do. Because I think for me, I know what I believe Wimby is defensively. I think it's like, how good can he be offensively? Like, that's what I would like to find out. Like, what is the ceiling there in terms of what offensive role can he have? And putting that point guard there to set all that up would be really good. Yeah, I agree. And now my cat is like climbing all over me. <laughs> uh yeah, like it's funny. Like you look at their most played lineups this season. The top one is obviously like the Collins, Kelden, Sohan, Vassell, Wemby lineup. That lineup's not very good. Uh, then they're. Do you know who's in their next two most played lineups? Next two most played. Yeah, uh, Malachi Branham. I would say Branham uh, would in, have to be. Yeah, Branham is in their next two like lineups that they have used the most this season. And I, I don't know where where are you at on Malachi Branham because I'm not I'm not wildly positive at this point. Yeah, he, again, I mean, I, like I, a guy to me that is not a point guard. To be clear, oh, no, 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 no. I do not look at Malachi Branham as a point guard at all. Like I, I look at him as like an off ball player that hopefully can be a scorer. Um, at least at a couple different levels, you know, knock down some pull-up jumpers, but he's not shooting 42% from the 29% from three. Uh, the free throw percentage is good, but he never gets there. And so, yeah, like I, I do not look at Malachi as a point guard. Malachi Brandon. Yeah, no. no. So, yeah, I would like to see him get a point guard. Just go get somebody like that can be, somewhat impactful, somewhat valuable, helps the team when he's out there. Uh is, you know, not trying to look for his own shot, not, you know, but is like capable of distributing and like running a team and just consistently helping you. I don't I don't know, like it's it feels it feels weird to say that, I guess. Like I feel like I shouldn't have to say that. <laughs> Yeah, no, and we've talked about it with, with even just with Tyus Jones and getting him those minutes, or excuse me, Trey Jones and getting him those minutes, you know, playing at the point guard. So, and we've talked about it with Fred Van Vliet and what he did for the Rockets. We talked about it with Mike Conley a little bit and what he's done for the Timberwolves. Like, it doesn't even have to be a superstar, just somebody that can come in and do the things you're talking about. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely pretty bizarre when I watch the team. Uh, continue talking about other stuff. I want to look up one number here while we're continuing to talk. We're staying on the Spurs here. So staying yeah. on the Spurs. Yeah. Staying on the Spurs. Yeah. Like I, said, I want to go back to, I'm interested to see what Wimby's offensive ceiling is and, and maybe other people already have a feel for that and a vibe of that and kind of know that, but I'm just really, that's where I'm at with it. And I'm glad you brought up the defensive aspect of you know they're playing him as an off-ball roamer early in the season which was cool it was, it was fun to see like you know him do those things I still think ultimately he changes the you know geometry of the court more whenever he's on the ball playing in those situations really protecting the rim I, I just have always felt like I knew what his ceiling was as a defender 
I just, whatever it is offensively, whatever they have to do to make sure he can find that offensive, you can find out what he can be as an offensive. Is it a number one, number two, a complete hub, whatever. That's what I'm really interested in. The Spurs have one true point guard on their team, Trey Jones, let's call it. Uh, They have Devontae Graham as well, but Devontae doesn't really play. Uh, They played 615 minutes without Trey Jones on the court. Do you know what their net rating is in those minutes? 216 minutes without Trey Jones on the floor. 650 or 615 without Trey. Negative 14. They are negative 18.4. Do you know what they are with Trey Jones on the court? Negative 3.5. Yeah, negative 2.5. Do you know what they are when Trey Jones and Victor Wembenyama are out there together? Let's go. Let's have plus 0.5. They are plus 6.8. Shut up. This is a team. There's no way. they. How can they be plus that much when they're this bad? Because they they haven't used it uh, a ton. I say how like many minutes is it? Middle stretch. It's been like it's been two hundred and thirty nine minutes. So it's like, okay. what is that? Like four and a half games worth of uh, a little bit more than that, like five games worth of games. Um, but yeah, they they are plus six point eight when Trey Jones and Victor Wembenyama are on the court together. When Wemby is on the court without Trey Jones. They're a negative 20.7. Those are crazy. That's numbers. insane. That's an insane number. They're three and 19. They are three and 19. How are they a plus 6.8 in a 239 minute sample? Like with their backup point guard and best player. How does that happen? Yeah. No. And I say like, I don't, I'm not enough of like in the statistics to know, sample size like stuff like that but like that sounds really bad that those two aren't playing more minutes together hearing that like it it just it seems like that's meaningful i know sometimes we can throw out numbers and it's like oh what does it really mean and there needs to be more context like i was listening to something the other day about somebody being really good in ball screens with sga and it's like well maybe everybody that's in ball screens with sga is really good right um, it may have been right. Schlecht in them here, or, you know, on, on the athletic, but I don't know. Negative twenty and plus six or whatever seems pretty meaningful whenever we're this many games into the season. It's pretty wild. Like that. That is a wild number to me. It's a truly, truly crazy, crazy number to me. I'm like kind of looking up to see how often they've played together recently. I feel like they've played like just less often together over the course of the last like you know, little while here, but I, it, it's, it, it makes no sense to me when, when I watch them play. Like it truly just makes zero sense to me whatsoever. Uh, what's going on with this? Team. I mean, I've said it before, like who are we to question Greg Popovich, but two of the highest paid coaches in the NBA, Greg Popovich, Monty Williams. And I believe the combined losing streaks are almost at 40 right now with some real, interesting questions with lineup decisions, uh, you know, with both of those teams. Yeah. And look like 
in the last nine games, the Trey Jones and Victor Wembanyama combo is minus 12.8, right? Okay. So, like, it's turning a little bit. But they've only played about 10 minutes per game together, like, in that run. I would like to see them maybe play a little bit more together. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I get get annoyed by the Spurs tape that I watch. With all due respect to Trey Jones... They could probably get a better point guard than Trey Jones as well. So, like, we're talking about Trey Jones having this impact on Victor. Imagine if you upgraded that even with you know a starting point guard and then and then brought Trey Jones off the bench. So, um, yeah, it, it would be hopefully that's something that can either happen at the deadline or you know in the offseason going into next year. Yeah, that's right, uh, Bryce. Tell the people where they can find your work. Tell the people what's going on. Real quick peek behind the curtain. When Sam said we've been recording for four hours, he he wasn't exaggerating or elaborating. Whenever we recorded all Correct. this, it, it was like that's 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 facts. Like four hours, um, a little break here and there. So, but I, I have a blast. I wouldn't rather do it with anybody else. And I hope everybody enjoyed these. Um, maybe we got a little crazy here and there, but I love it. And so I would like to take this time to hope. You have a great trip to Bali and enjoy your trip. And I know you will be on it as people are recording to this and you come back refreshed. I'll miss recording here for, you know, 10 days or so at Motor City Hoops on Twitter, guys. uh, I'll leave the rest of it for the other episodes, but always a blast. Yeah. uh, Go to The Athletic. Keep me employed over there. Um, I will be back podcasting probably the 26th i'll probably do like a post christmas day podcast kind of thing for the nba i will be back like for christmas i'll be watching the games and everything i'm excited to see where the whole draymond green thing ends up falling uh i I would guess it'll probably be the 26th is the next time i record just because christmas like i get back on the friday like christmas like new year's eve or christmas eve is the saturday so yeah like it it seems like a seems like the 26th is probably the next podcast uh and this is going up on i think like the 21st maybe so it'll be a little bit of a break for this show's standards um but we'll be back we'll be back next week and we will definitely have a lot of fun things to talk about and record about uh go to the youtube channel game theory podcast with sam facini uh go subscribe there uh yeah, go subscribe to the podcast feed. I hope you guys enjoyed these two podcasts. Uh, until next time, we'll talk soon.